Welcome to Love Your Family again and again and again and again, the podcast where we focus on parenting with love and clarity. I'm Dr. Marcy, a family culture expert who for over 20 years has been helping parents to create happy and strong families. I am super excited to be chatting today with Amanda and having you share all about your wonderful, unique, fabulous family. So welcome, welcome. And tell us about the uh, the small but mighty family that you are. <laughs> Thank you, Marcy. I'm delighted to be here. Uh, so we are a, at least in the immediate sense, a two-person family, if you don't count our animals. Um, I am a single and proud of it, parent of my amazing 13-year-old son, Isaac. Um, we live in New Jersey. We have a wonderful, busy, healthy, exciting life um, fraught with uh, celebrations as well as challenges like any normal family. <laughs> that is true. And so what are some of the things that you like to do together with Isaac? Who Remind people how old he is, because I'm not sure I heard uh, He, I'm sorry, he is now 13. <gasps> Very exciting. And I yes. had the honor of being at his bar mitzvah just a few months ago. That's right. And we were delighted to share that with you. It was a big deal. It's a fabulous time. So what do you guys love to do together? So that's a, actually a harder question than I thought it would be to answer. <laughs> Um, because um, I, Isaac is an incredible athlete and a very physically active person. And those things in life are the things that really um, make him smile and kind of feed his soul. And uh, I grew up an academic nerd and geek and could be very happy immersing myself in books and studies and museums. And so Raising Isaac has been really interesting because we've both learned to experience different things with each other than we might naturally do on our own. So together, things that we like to do are kind of a balance um, on a best day. So we love going for long bike rides together on the waterfront. Um, we play chess. Uh, we love to watch movies and talk about them. Um, we like hiking occasionally. Recently, Isaac has gotten into skiing. Um, travel is something that we both really enjoy doing together as well. He's a really curious person about the world, and I've always loved to travel. And rather than just take him to places that I've been before, I also really like taking him to places that neither one of us has been. So we learn and explore them together because that's a really cool relationship and experience. Um, but he's also a person of tradition, so we like celebrating some traditions together. Passover is our favorite holiday, um, which you know because you have been to our Passover Seder, um, and we we both like that. We celebrate, we're Jewish, we celebrate the Sabbath every Friday night, and that is a small but really meaningful thing that we like to do together. Um, and we have three animals who I like to say we are raising together, and so spending time with our animals. Um, and then I guess there are things that we do for each other, even though he's a child. So because he's a big soccer player, that's his favorite sport. I spend a lot of my weekends watching him play soccer. And that's a real thrill as his mom. And maybe it's not like a thing we do together, but it's a thing we experience together. 
Given that you started that whole thing saying it's a hard question to ask, you just gave a very full, robust, (laughs) colorful, varied answer. (laughs) So I might say that while conceptually you're not quite sure all the things you do together, you do have quite a bit of things that you enjoy doing together. Fair. Fair enough. Yes. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we don't realize all of the goodness and how much of that goodness is there. So I keep having one thing that I know about your family that I'm wondering if you are willing to share is how Isaac came into your life. I'm happy to share that. Um, Isaac and I became a family through adoption. Um, I always wanted the experience of parenting a child. I knew that my life wouldn't feel whole if I didn't have that experience. And um, I I'm sure when I was younger, I envisioned that would happen with a partner of some kind, and it didn't. And I came to a point in my life where I said, you know, sort of now or never, um, I really want to do this regardless of what my marital or spousal situation is. And so I went ahead and did it and adopted Isaac as a single parent. He was, I adopted him at birth. Um, He was born in New Jersey. I'm I'm happy to share. And it was, you know, the most amazing decision I've ever made. It's never easy to parent regardless of how you become a family. And, you know, there's joy, there's celebration, there's challenges, there's frustration, there's growth all the time. Um, And that probably influences parts of our relationship and how we do or don't do things together, but only in the way that him being adopted and also the fact that we are a multiracial family has brought all kinds of different experiences to my life and his, and all of which I am feel really privileged to have. Amazing. Thank you for, for sharing that. And part of, I think why it kept going through my head is you talk about it so beautifully and in your family, I know you're so open about these conversations that is not always an easy conversation, but it just became normalized within your family in this way that makes it accessible and easy um, that I wanted to raise up that that's how you do it, which is awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So given all of these amazing things about your family, the big conversations you have, the small, meaningful rituals, where are some of the the bumps or the tricky moments that you're having right now? Well, it's really ironic that the first question you asked me in this conversation is about the things we do together. And maybe part of the reason I answered it at first with that's a hard question to answer is because I feel right now that one of our biggest challenges is not doing enough together. Um, mm. He is 13. We live in a small city. And he has explored and become very comfortable with a lot of independence almost since the age of 10. Um, We had a very close relationship before he was 10 years old, very warm, very friendly, wonderful. And we do now in a different way, but COVID really threw a wrench in that. Um, Being at home together for almost two years and him uh, going through some some real challenges in addition to what a lot of other kids and families were going through. He was diagnosed with ADHD during that time, which turned out to be a silver lining, a 
actually um, now in hindsight, but it was tough to go through for both of us. But that those couple of years at home because of the pandemic initially really felt like they damaged our relationship and our time together. And I feel like we've been rebuilding since then as we've all kind of emerged post COVID, but that as we have emerged, it's not what it used to be. And I think part of that might be because he's a teenager now and, and just natural growth and time in life. But as a, I guess, as a, I think of this in a lot of ways, I think there's probably this is influenced in some regard by being a single parent, because I feel like my one and only house member that I live with, my family member, is spinning off from me at a very early age. I was ready for that to happen in college, not at 13. Um, but, but he is very independent. He is very self-sufficient. We love being around each other, but he is spending much more time with his friends, which again is probably normal, but I think I'm suffering with separation anxiety or stress. And I am really challenged right now to figure out meaningful quality ways for us to spend time together. So much so that I actually booked a few days away next week, which will be a complete surprise to him, just because I feel like I need to get both of us out of our everyday life to spend a few days of quality time together. So I love the way you look at the problem and then you're like, let me, let me do something about it. You take action, right? You're I feeling, do. you feeling this change and this shift, which we're going to talk about, but then you're already trying to find solutions of how do we get time together? And that might mean leaving the day-to-day -day life in order to get it to, to reconnect. So yes. one of the things that I heard you say also was that it felt like some of the challenges you went through during COVID damaged the relationship. Yes, that's right. So some of it is about repair. And we're going to chat about that in a minute of when someone hurts our feelings. And, and I'm going to talk about this in a very micro way to something that lasted over time with you. But when someone hurts our feelings, there is something important about going to them and saying that hurt my feelings. And that person saying, I'm sorry, and what are we going to do next time differently? And so I wonder if that kind of concept needs to be applied in a more meta way, because it wasn't, you know, you didn't let me have ice cream last night kind of thing. It's, it's more relational, but do you need to work together to find some repair? And then the other piece is this transition in life. And because he is 13 and independent... Mm -hmm there's this balance of how do you really shift your relationship and have enough time and space with him? And then what is the piece that you need to do for yourself, which is the grieving of the change in relationship with your son and saying, it is sad. It is hard. It is going to be different. And that time that you had when he was younger, that was really bonded is never, it's never going to be like that again, because as he grows, he will continue to come home and spend time with you and you will connect, but it will be different. Part of what I'm also struggling with within that is that I feel like I am perhaps putting undue pressure on him to kind of live up to what I want in our mother-son relationship when he's just being a kid. And, and part of it feels like it's very much on me to figure out, to be the grown-up here and to 
recognize the change, but also find ways that, because I, I think what I'm feeling sometimes is like, oh my God, am I done parenting him? Because all of a sudden it feels like he's growing up so fast. Have I missed, like I only have a few more years before he goes to high school, before he goes to college to kind of wrap my arms around him and teach him everything I want to teach him while he's living at home. And all of a sudden I feel like there's this timer, but that's not his issue. It's mine. Mm-hmm. And okay. So yes, exactly. And it's pulling that apart. So one thing is, no, you're never going to be done parenting, right? I'm in my 40s and I still talk to my parents all the time, right? They are a big piece of my life still. And when you have a good relationship, were there times that it w- I wasn't as close with them? Sure. But you don't get done parenting. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he'll, he'll be in your life for a very, very long, but different ways. So yeah. you won't be done. And yes. There is, there is a timer as far as when he's going to leave your house and go to college and hopefully live wherever he's learning. And then in many, many ways, hopefully he will never come home in the way that he is home now. Right. Because you want him to be happy and independent and build a life. And it is a sign of goodness if he goes into the world and builds the life that he wants. And you want that for him. I do. Absolutely. It's just hard to let go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so taking some time and really letting yourself be sad, letting yourself grieve, letting yourself miss him, even though he's in the next room over, because that is part of what's happening. And if you give yourself space to have that emotional response, he won't feel the weight of it. You won't feel like you're putting that on him. Yeah. And let's talk about the intentionality of what you want your relationship with him to look like now. How much time is appropriate? And do you want to, and does he want to be spending together? Is it that, you know, Friday night Shabbos dinner is, is family dinner, family night. And the other nights he's kind of out with his friends. Is it, you know, Tuesday night dinner also is family night. Is it, Sunday morning, you're going to go watch his soccer game. If he doesn't have soccer, you guys are going to do brunch together. What is it that you want to make sure? And we're going to talk about kind of the weekly and then the overarching, because those are two separate things, right? Like the vacation that you just planned or the family adventures where you're leaving more of the world. And then there's the day-to-day world. Yeah. So in the day-to-day in your, in an average week, what do you think would feel really good and appropriate for time well, Appropriate, I know less about. I guess I know more about what would feel good. And you're reminding me that when Isaac was first diagnosed with ADHD, I did a tremendous amount of work with a psychiatrist who trains parents of children with ADHD. And one of the things that she gave me as homework to do about halfway through our time together was to take 15 minutes a day to do anything that Isaac, my son, wanted to do. So if he wanted to play video games and he didn't even want me to play, I should sit there and be like, oh, great hit, you scored, look at you, yay, go, and just be with him in his space. Or if he wanted to go down to the garage and play hockey, I should do that, or if he wanted to watch TV. And sometimes it would happen organically and sometimes I would have to make it happen, but I realized, how hard it actually is 
to dedicate 15 minutes together on a regular day between school and soccer practice and work and everything else. And so that was a really interesting lesson. And in the context of what you're asking me now, when I think about what would feel good to me, it would be a couple of nights a week when we actually sit at a table and have a meal together, because when we do, it's incredible and fun. And we do talk and just share stuff about our weeks. He's unusually so, I think, for some of the kids his age. He's incredibly empathetic and a little bit grown up sometimes. And he will sit at a table and say, so how was work today? <laughs> you know, or did you win that sales pitch? <laughs> you know, he and maybe he's saying it just because he, know, he knows that it's important to me. But like, what an amazing thing for a 13 year old to think of. So, you know, having those moments like that together are really fun. So I think a couple nights a week, if we could have a meal together at the table, that would be amazing. Um, and and maybe to do, you know, one thing a week together, even if, whether it's a bike ride or going shopping for an hour or just to have some kind of experience together because those feel very enriching to me. He awesome. will be perfectly happy if I just take him to soccer all weekend because he lives on a field and that's where his passion is. Yeah. So maybe sometimes that experience is you playing soccer together. But... Sometimes it's got to be something else because you guys need that balance. Right. So what would it be like, maybe it is Friday night after you light the Shabbos candle saying, okay, let's plan our week. What nights are we having our two dinners together or our three dinners together? And you look at your schedule and he looks at his schedule and you put it on the calendar and you say, okay, when are we going to do our activity together? Yeah. Is it this weekend? Is it one night of the week? Like, and you, and you plan it. Yeah. Because there's an intentionality to it that also makes it feel different. Is it possible that you randomly have dinner two nights a week at home anyway? Sure. But planning it and putting it on the calendar and asking him to schedule it and commit to it as well feels different. You can look forward to it. It also reminds us that it happened because sometimes we have time with people and we miss it. (laughs) Like you could be having dinner with him two nights a week and it just doesn't feel that way because we're distracted and life is busy and we're not reflecting on those moments. You're reflecting on the moments that you miss him. Well, that's probably true as well. Um, But that's an interesting idea because I think it also goes back to something you and I've talked about in the past, which is giving him input, right? To to helping define how we spend that time together in this case. And I know there are things that, I guess that's part of what's frustrating to me is there are things I know I really wanna show him or teach him or have have him experience. And he may not find those interesting if I were to say it. For example, going to a show, there's a great show at the New Victory Theater. And we used to love before COVID going to the New Victory Theater and we'd go to every show that was age appropriate there. And they were all different kinds of things. And I recently said to him, like, there's a great show at the New Vic. Let's go. And he's like, "Ah, what's it about? And I know that once he's there, he'll enjoy it. But I struggle with at what point do I back off? And at what point do I know and trust that as an adult and a grown up with other experiences that he doesn't have, that I know he's going to find this interesting when I get him there? And it's a little bit of both. There's not going to be a set answer for that, but maybe it's that, you know, one week he decides what you guys do together as your quality time. And the next week you decide, 
And when it's your decision, you get to just pick the thing and he has to go. When it's his decision, he gets to pick the thing and you just go. Yeah. And then there are other things that that's not the, there's then a cap on all you can do during one week is one (laughs) experience. So if there's a show and you're like, hey, let's go. And he's like, all right, cool. Then you, then you do additional things because it's life and it keeps going. But at least this gives you the marker to make sure you're staying connected. Yes. The other thing that's interesting in what you just described is you told him there was a show and he said, what's it about? Yeah. Now, before you said there's a show and you went because you were mom and he was a little kid and you dictate what happens. Yes. Well, now he's a young man. I mean, he's 13 and has opinions and thoughts, which you love about him. Yet when those thoughts are, well, tell me what's it about before I go spend my time there, (laughs) the way you would do to anybody else in your life, it's hard because it's different. Yes, it is. You're right. But if you were to say, hey, here's what it's about and here's why I think you'll like it, what are the chances that he's going to trust your opinion and say, you know what, mom, if you think that's why I'm going to like it, okay, let's give it a try. But explain it. I don't know what those chances are. (laughs) I guess until I try it, right? Yeah. But when he comes back and says, "Mm, I'm not sure what's it about, you feel challenged because you never had to do that before. He just went. He was your kid and he just went because he was a young kid. That's right. Now, him being able to say yes or no is a really good thing. It's just harder. And that's part of the emotional load that you need to adjust for yourself. That's not on him. I do recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the sadness of it all, right? Like it is bittersweet to your point. He's, it's amazing that he's comfortable in his independence and has opinions and wants to make choices. Yep. Yep. And And I think part of it is I put too much pressure on him as the only other family member in the house to want him to make the choices I want for him. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's very human of you. Even if you have other parents and other people in your in your family to, okay, you don't want to go to the show, but you do. Great, I'll go with you. I think that feeling of your kid growing up and not just always doing everything that you want them to do with you, it it comes with a big shift. And if you don't take the time to feel it and recognize it, it sometimes comes out sideways. And that's when we end up with bigger conflicts with teens because they know their parents don't want them to be independent, but they really want to be independent. And and there's, you know, there's the fighting that happens because you're holding on so tight. (laughs) And the more you let yourself grieve and recognize this change, this new relationship that is forming and, and Be grateful for all of the old, appreciate all of the old, be sad that that is not going to be ever again. The more you can really let him and let you live into this new relationship that it's kind of beautiful. I can, it is different. It is different. And I do see the beauty in it. And I'm often in awe of it. It's like a push pull constantly every day. And then there are these moments at his age which I'm guessing are normal of like 
cognitive explosive growth and emotional growth and maturity. And you almost see it happening and things like clicking in his brain as he's figuring things out in life, whether it's around something small or something big. And that changes our dynamic every time something like that happens too. Mm-hmm. Growth spurts are not just physical. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the other big piece that comes along with all of that is we talked about the kind of the day-to-day life, right? Every week, two meals, one activity, at least that you have set. Mm-hmm. But then there's kind of the macro version of across a, a year, what vacations do you want to take? What time do you want to spend away from real life? Because I think that might be when you get some of the deep connection that you miss in the day-to-day when he's running off with his friends and running to soccer practice and at school and has homework and you have work and you have meetings and you have dinner with friends, it gets busy. Yeah. But can you take, you know, whether it's a long weekend, whether it's a couple of days, whether it's a week or two away from the real world where it's you and him or you and him and other family members or you and him and friends. and look more towards those moments for having the mass amount of quality time that you're missing in the day-to-days. Yes, but I struggle with that too. And here's why. So I do find when uh, it's just the two of us that go away for some adventure, big or small, it's amazing quality time. Always. Never fails. Yay! Let's celebrate that. Before you say but, before you say but, we're going to celebrate amazing quality time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It is what it feels like. Yes. Then, I won't say but, then there are the times when we do things and we do a couple of big trips a year where there are other family members and or friends, friends who we see on those trips regularly. And what I have found is we both come away from those trips with a shared experience, but it is not necessarily, it is not the same quality time that we have when it is just us together having an experience because he and I are both interacting with so many other people and it's great. He's happy. I'm happy. They are places and things that we love to do and places we love to go and people we love to see. It is, they are still very independent experiences, even though we are sharing the big picture experience together. Yes. So the word that keeps going through my head with all of this is intentionality. So when Isaac was five, you could go on a one-on-one trip with him. You could go on a group trip with him. You could be home on a regular day. And there was still this mass amount of quality time because of the way the relationship was. Yeah. Now that he's 13, if you are just home in the day-to-day, there's not a huge amount of one-on-one quality time. If you're on one of these group vacations, you have a shared experience, but not necessarily all of that time together, you and him. And if you go away, just the two of you, then you get a lot of that quality time. Yes. So maybe the relationship you have as far as vacations go as well needs to shift and live into it with some intentionality of maybe you need more small mom and son trips so that you can have more of these touchstones where you guys get time together 
Or maybe when it used to be a week that you went away with another family, you do two or three days in the beginning, just the two of you, and then you meet up with everybody else. Mm. Yeah. And, And so I think there needs to be some thought put into instead of it being, well, this is what we do every year because this is what you've done for the past many years. Mm -hmm. As you are both changing and as the relationship changes, do those trips all still serve you? Do they need to be done differently so that you make sure that you have the touchstones that help you both grow and stay connected and stay connected with the other people that you love in your life too? Yeah, that's an interesting way to think about it. And I'll have to, I sort of have to think through each of the trips that we do. Some yeah. of them are very fulfilling for both of us because they feed our friends and family and sort of larger community mm-hmm. activity and engagement. Um, we, I can only speak for myself. I get tremendous value and quality time out of those short trips that are just the two of us. I think it's more fun for him when there's other kids his age, which is probably natural, <laughs> right? Very natural. Um, and, but I, but I see your point, you know, sort of adding on a bit of that, even if it's a small amount, because it's sort of like anything else, it actually doesn't take a lot to make a difference. Like if it's a, a one day out cycling and hiking together can be incredibly memorable for both of us. And, and days like that have been and continue to be. So maybe it's making more of the effort around those types of days sprinkled throughout the year, mm-hmm. um, not just around one or two trips. Yeah. Yep. And I, I also wonder if talking to him about this, if, you know, at the end of the school year, as you're heading into the summer, you know, pick another point saying, you know, these are the trips we usually do. What do we think about that? Yeah. How does, how would this feel? Can we add in like three individual days of us going hiking? Mm -hmm. Even if it's just a day trip, you know, you're not even, you're still staying at home. But just being away from everything and away from the routine and the hard reality sometimes is that we can't do everything. Right. You can't have all the one-on-one time and all the connecting vacations and all the day-to-day richness. Yet we want all of that. So thinking, well, how much of each of these pieces do you want to intentionally bring into your life and into your family as your relationship is shifting. And then know that when you're with all of these other people, it is wonderful and fulfilling a piece of your life. And your one-on-one time with Isaac fulfills a different piece. And all together, you make a whole life. And for him as well, right? Like it's, yeah. it fulfills needs for him, right? He's different, you know, as a lot of kids are with different people, his personality is a little different. He has different connections and and I see him blossoming with these other people in our lives, which is amazing to see. He's got his own, he's developed his own relationships with them, which is great. Um, I think what I layer on top of all of this is he is my only child. And I look at people who have two or three children and think, okay, they got to figure this stuff out and then try it a different way on number two. <laughs> and And I sort of feel like, this is my one shot to do it right. And that's a lot of pressure to put on myself. I know that. But I, but it is a real fear. Like, am I going to screw this up? 
Yes, of course you will. And (laughs) you'll do it perfectly well. Like, even when you have, I'm, I'm a younger child, like even when you have multiple shots, you don't always do it perfectly. And it's a lot of, you're right. It's absolutely a lot of pressure to put on yourself that you have to get it right, but you don't because kids are resilient and adaptable and their own independent being. And there are lots of right paths forward. There are lots of good choices that can lead to a brilliant future. So it's not, it's not like a math problem where only if you do two plus two correctly, do you get the right answer? It's about co-creating a relationship and doing it the best you can. But as long as it comes from a place of love and positivity, then it's about Isaac figuring out where he goes from here. It's a great way to think about it. Yeah. And you have so many beautiful pieces that you're teaching him, right? It's not, and as you just said, it's not just about you or your relationship with Isaac. It's about his relationship with these other people. It's about his relationship with you. It's about his love for for soccer and exploring that in the world. It's it's him finding himself and you are intentionally bringing all these building blocks to his life. And as you said in the beginning, you are learning things you never would have learned through anybody else because of his his activity in the world. Yeah. And he's learning things that wouldn't naturally be his inclination because of the way you experience the world. What better gift to give him? I like the way you say that. (laughs) Why, thank you. That's why I said it that way. And so take the pressure off yourself and it not being about doing it perfectly, but trying it and seeing how it feels. And then if it doesn't feel good, try something else. If it feels good, repeat until it doesn't feel good. Because That's probably something a lot of parents forget to do, right? Is we all think... I think we just get stuck in our own head and we think whatever decision we're making in the moment or whatever choice we're making in the moment is the only one. Yeah. And, and we forget to like step back and say, wait a minute, this is not the only one. There are other ways to do this and, and I can try it different ways. And so can he. Mm-hmm. And it's just the decision for now. You right. can change it next time. You're going to be required. I mean, the way you described Isaac's emotional and mental growth spurts as you know, he goes through these moments and then things change. Well, you're going to have to change anyway. So build that in. Yeah. (laughs) So build that into what you're doing of this is the choice I'm making for now. This is the choice I'm making this summer. This is the choice I'm making for this weekend. That's a great reminder. It it actually really is. I think that idea of these decisions and choices being in this moment is probably really incrementally important in being flexible. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So with that, from this whole chat, what's the one thing that you're going to make sure you take forward from this? Because when we have big conversations with many ideas, we can get overwhelmed. Yeah. If we know our one next step makes it easy to, to put things in place. So what's your one next step? That feels very clear to me, actually, from this conversation, because I realize I have I have forgotten to invite Isaac to the table for the conversation recently. So my one 
first big next step will be, and I'm excited to do this now, is to sit down and have a conversation with him about our time together, not just the 15 minutes for the day, but what, what choices do we want to make right now together? I love that. Yeah. I love that. And as if you start that as a ritual in your family now, it makes me really excited for where it leads in two years and in five years and in 10 years. Because if you just keep having conversations about what do we want our relationship to look like, then everyone gets to win. (laughs) It's so grown up. (laughs) So grown up. So grown up. Well, invite me back and I'll give you an update. (laughs) Okay, great. We will, we will bring you back for on another season to tell us what happens next. But since this isn't going out for a couple weeks still, maybe there'll be a mini update in the summary for people to check out. This has been very enlightening. Thank you. I am so glad. It has been wonderful to have you share so openly and transparently about where you are because so many other parents are there too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. My pleasure. And thank you for listening. I know your time is precious and limited. I'm grateful that you shared it with us today. What's your one takeaway? Just one small step can make a big difference. Make sure you know when new episodes come out by subscribing here and joining my mailing list at drmarcy.com backslash podcast. Do you want to be a guest on a future episode of Love Your Family again and again and again and again? Then go to drmarcy.com backslash podcast guest and let me know. Finally, do you need individualized help for your family, then go to drmarcy.com backslash contact and connect with my team to learn how we can help you. Remember, blue skies are ahead and we're going to get there together.